to another episode of the Hoop Talk podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is three free agency decisions that changed the NBA. So Jalen, our first free agency decision that changed the NBA was Shaquille O'Neal to the Los Angeles Lakers in 1996. My question to you is, what if he stayed in Orlando? So I think the first thing that we have to put in respect, uh, um, put in perspective is that, A, we wouldn't have got the Shaq-Kobe connection, which means we also probably wouldn't have got the Shaq-Kobe beef, which, you know, is probably one of, like, the biggest storylines in NBA history. So, like, we would have missed that. I also think that Shaq, in terms of his overall dominance in the game, even that early along, would have helped – save the NBA from another big what if, which is what if Penny Hardaway never got injured. Now, granted, you can't really, you can't predict or project somebody's injury history throughout their time, their tenure in the league. But what you can do is you can add Shaq to the middle of your offense and it take a little bit of pressure off you on the offensive end and defensive end, which allows you to play a lot more lax, which would help somebody like Penny Hardaway not have to play as hard and therefore allows him to maybe maintain some of his longevity. So I think, ironically, Shaq not leaving would have deprived us of one of the greatest duos in NBA history, but could have possibly elevated one of the ones that was anticipated to be one of the greatest duos in history with him being with Hardaway. I think the other thing is, I honestly think that with the way that team was set up, guys like Nick Anderson, and um, a lot of other, like, veterans, they had Horace Grant at one point from the Bulls and different players like that on their team. They were very driven to the point that I feel like they were, like, one or two more seasons away, which obviously with the generational talent like Shaq, it's like it, you kind of even hate to kind of put him on a timeline where you feel like he would be further away than close to the possibility of a championship, of course. But I think the main thing is – and I'm kind of going to pose this to a question, pose this as a question to you is, if he never left, where does his trajectory in terms of championships lie? Because, yeah, of course, Shaq played on a lot of other teams after the fact, Phoenix, Cleveland, Boston at one point, which like was his last stance where it almost looked like he got shot in the stomach before his final game was over. But like, where do you think, in terms of specifically Miami, I'll say, and the Lakers, where do you think, in conjunction to those, he would have won his championship tra- trajectory would have been in comparison to like if he would have stayed with the Magic? So I'm going to be honest. I don't know if he would have won a championship in Orlando. At that time, if you think about 94, 95, 96, it was either dominated by the Houston Rockets or the Jordan Bulls. If you think about where the uh, Houston Rockets stood, I mean, this was a stacked team with Kenny Smith in his prime. Clyde Drexler was there. Hakeem Olajuwon. 
this was honestly a Houston Rockets team that was poised to win back-to-back finals in 94 and 95. Shaq was a generational player for the Orlando Magic. And I think that because he went to the finals with Penny Hardaway, it definitely cemented that he was going to be a top star. I think this, this team is definitely a what-if, mainly because if Shaquille O'Neal had stayed in Orlando and won a championship, how would have that affected his career? And like you said, I mean, what if Penny Hardaway's injuries never really affected his career either? I got to say, though, like uh, Shaquille O'Neal's time in Orlando kind of foreshadowed the great player that he was going to become in Los Angeles. I just feel like we may have already seen it if he stayed with Orlando. Like I said, I kind of feel like that even though he became the face of the franchise, I don't know if he would have won a championship during this time because of the competition. I feel like even though if he went to the finals, he would have to either go through the Jordan Bulls or go through the Jordan Bulls and then meet the Rockets at that time or eventually like the Sonics or eventually the Jazz. I don't know if he's going to be able to get it done against those teams in the 90s. And I think another thing that you can kind of point out from that too is like in terms of who he had to go through, I think that almost kind of poses the question and a lot of people kind of probably already asked it, but in terms of his ability to win a championship with the Magic, were those two year stints where Houston won it when Jordan was out of the mix and the Bulls essentially were out of the mix respectively in terms of the championship picture, were those two years that Houston won it also the Magic's best chances to win a championship at that time. I think the other thing when you talk about projected star power is if he had stayed there, considering that he would have been a dominant big man that obviously did still have an extensive career, regardless of how many teams that he did end up playing on, it does also put into question guys like, uh, unfortunately, his pseudo double doppelganger in Dwight Howard. Does Dwight Howard ever play for the Orlando Magic, which I think anybody who has two eyes and remembers 2010 knows that Dwight Howard in the Magic program, in the Magic system, was the best version of Dwight Howard that we've seen. Don't get me wrong. His comeback season with the Lakers so far has been uh, better than I guess most may have anticipated with a comeback of his, especially because he bounced from team to team. Like, I mean, he was at Atlanta for a brief period of time and kind of just never could kind of get his feet wet anywhere. He, I think he was even in Charlotte for a short mix. So, I mean, you know, we might not have been able to see a player like him in the Magic system. And that was similar to Shaq, ironically. That was also one of the times in our league's history where we've seen dominant big man play. And this was while the implementation of the pace and space offense and people shooting threes at a high clip was starting to slowly take his ride. They always played inside out with Dwight dishing out to shooters like Hito Turkoglu, Rashard Lewis, low-key Vince Carter. Like, there's a lot of guys that were affected between Penny, Dwight, and Kobe, of course, that in terms of where their, tra- their trajectories are, in terms of their career, are, careers are all affected by Shaq's one move <laughs> to go to the Lakers. And I think, it's, I think it's really ironic that it just was so impactful on guys that, you know, Dwight Howard is still debatable on whether or not um, he may enter the Hall of Fame. I personally don't feel like it's debatable because he has nearly, if not the same amount of defensive player of the week, 
Defensive Player of the Year awards as Ben Wallace does, for crying out loud. But um, the other two guys, and Penny Hardaway and Kobe Kobe Bryant, obviously Kobe Bryant being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and Penny Hardaway has already been inducted, are Hall of Fame caliber guys that he literally changed the trajectory of or could have changed the trajectory of in terms of Hardaway and where their careers could have went. It's like crazy how much a we already know he's a big dude, but to know that he has such a big influence is like so crazy. Yeah, it really is crazy to see how how many careers he's kind of affected just by one decision. Does he win three championship rings with the Lakers if he doesn't leave Orlando? Does he win a finals MVP if he doesn't leave Orlando? Does he get to team up with guys like Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Kobe, Steve Nash? Does he even get there? And I think because he made the move to L.A., that's what we know. That's what we've seen. If he doesn't make the move to L.A. and he stays for a 20-year tenure in Orlando, I mean, he could be considered maybe one of the greatest Orlando Magic players ever. I mean, considering that franchise hasn't really been around as long as the Lakers or the Celtics, he could be like what Jerry West was to the Lakers and what Bill Russell was to the Celtics. And, I mean, speaking of a decision, we're going to move on to this next one. And we have to give it some context, Ryan. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna lighten the mood up, and then we're going to bring everybody back to earth. The year is 2010, and the league almost broke for the first time in what was considered a long time. Besides the big three Celtics and a lot of the olden Laker teams that had guys like Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in terms of the Celtics, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, guys like that in terms of their squads. In 2010, LeBron James makes the decision to go to the Miami Heat. He brings his boy, the guy who looks like a Raptor himself, Chris Bosh, from the Raptors to Miami with Dwayne Wade and creates probably the most OP big three that we've ever seen since maybe the 80s. Ryan, transitioning from a guy like Shaq, who helped elevate a lot of careers, do you feel like LeBron's decision is the most impactful decision in the NBA in terms of being a detriment to other players' careers over the last decade? In terms of being a detriment to other players' careers, I mean, if you look at other teams, too, if you think about what the Cleveland Cavaliers have done, not only since LeBron left to Miami, but his move to L.A. in 2018. I mean, have the Cleveland Cavaliers even fully recovered? And the other thing, too, is like... They're on life support. Yeah, they're, they, are on, they are on life support. Maybe... Maybe one or two losses away from being sent down to the G League, being replaced by the Canton Charge. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll probably be replaced by their G League, the Canton Charge. But, like, in terms of what LeBron's decision, who it really impacts, I mean, you're right. It really does impact a lot of the players on this team because it just changes the career of a guy like Antoine Jameson, who was kind of on the Cavaliers just to stick around for a couple more playoff appearances or a guy like J.J. Hickson who just got started in the league and maybe even like Kyrie Irving too because Kyrie was basically the face of the franchise for two years 
before LeBron decided he wanted to come back to Cleveland. It kind of affects a lot of people in terms of how bad it was or how badly it kind of hurt their careers. I mean, it hurt a whole team for God's sakes. Like Cleveland, like we said, never fully recovered from LeBron's first move, and they're not really going to recover on their second move, even though I would definitely pick this year's team against the 2011 Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that I think this year's <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers by far would they would have an easy win over the uh, 2011 Cleveland Cavaliers. I think with LeBron's decision, it's just where did he go from there as soon as he left for Miami? I mean, he really couldn't go back to Cleveland. They really didn't forgive him for leaving Miami because they just didn't see Miami as a home for LeBron. They always thought Cleveland would be his home. But I don't know. I think he really kind of hurt the fans, and he also kind of hurt the team in general. Well, I mean, obviously they did accept him back, and who wouldn't accept a player like, you know, LeBron freaking James back into your squad if he's openly, you know, saying, I'm coming back. Who's going to say, no, LeBron, you're not coming back. You'd be crazy. But when I, when I asked about him being a detriment to other, team, other players' careers and um, other teams' careers, see, you brought up a lot of his teammates in terms of their impact to him leaving. I think they wrecked the league. I mean, the Bulls could have been to the been to the finals a couple of times with the way their teams were stacked with Carlos Boozer, Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah. The list goes on. The Pacers, who we had as an underrated team at one um at, in one of our past podcasts, they had guys like an ascending Paul George, Roy Hibbert, who wasn't trash at the time, a guy like David West, who was still giving the Pacers like twenty points per game. Then you have other teams, you know, you have those other teams in the West, too, that, I mean, although they kind of held their own, I mean, it was kind of the Spurs and the Mavericks that were the only ones who really kind of, like, got to engage with the Heat in terms of the finals. But you have a lot of those Eastern and Western Conference teams that just, you know, got shook in their boots when you found out that, like, LeBron James is really going to hook up with Dwayne Wade and he's really bringing Chris Bosh with him, like, you took away the best player from Cleveland. You took the best player away from the Raptors. So you just killed two East teams with one move. Two East teams with one move. One. That's it. And then you throw on top of that the certain teams that kind of did stay pat, like the Bulls, like the Pacers being another one, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like kind of, you know, I I hate making this comparison because I'm a Jordan guy, but like it kind of was the equivalent to like Jordan being in the league with the Bulls and then taking that kind of little short hiatus to go play baseball. And all of a sudden Houston kind of gets their little two sneaky championships in before Mike comes back and wrecks the league again. It was like every year that LeBron James was with Cleveland before that decision, besides, of course, his trip to the finals, which, you know, the Spurs shellacked them, you know, that's whatever. But it's one of those things where, like, every year before that decision was kind of like Jordan's hiatus years playing baseball. But those three, four years that he was kind of linked in with the Heat being LeBron James, the whole league was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do with these guys? And 
You know what? I'm going to save it for my transition real quick. The real guys who broke the NBA, is this, it starts with this guy that we're about to f- finish this podcast up with. Some would call him a snake. Some would even say that he has no intestinal fortitude. I do not believe these things, but some will say, some will say that when Kevin Durant made his decision to join the Golden State Warriors, who literally who literally had blew a 3-1 lead that same year before Kevin Durant's OKC Thunder team also blew a 3-1 lead to them, decided to join the squad that beat him and gang up on our boy, poor boy, LeBron James. Ryan, I think the question we have to ask here is, did KD break the NBA this year? when he decided to join the Warriors? And on top of that, do you think that that Warriors squad is the most unfair team that we've ever seen in the NBA? To answer both of your questions, yes. If I thought LeBron's decision broke the NBA, I was wrong. I was very wrong. Um, (laughs) Because if you think about the transition from Miami, who was a five seed, and – then you go out and you get LeBron James. It's like, okay, you made yourself a perennial contender to win the NBA championship. And then you add Chris Bosh. This was now just one player, just one, who made one decision to go to mm-hmm. a 73-win squad. Even though, yes, they did not have 73 wins the following year, it didn't matter because – they end up winning a championship the next year. I don't even know where to start with Kevin Durant. I said this before, and I will say it again. I called this the sequel, the decision two. And here's why I call mm-hmm. this the decision two. LeBron made the decision to go to Miami. He ended, up, he ended up winning two championships in four years. Kevin Durant basically made the same decision to go join the Golden State Warriors, who – had been to the finals the year before. And I could slightly say that it was better than LeBron's run in Miami. If you think about how Kevin Durant won two championships in his first two seasons, and I guarantee you if he had not had the injury in the finals against Toronto, the Warriors may may well have three-peated in the past couple of years. So – I think that what Kevin Durant has done for the league is that he really broke the league. He broke the league again. I think <laughs> LeBron broke it the first time and Kevin Durant broke it again. But I feel like he may have a slight, like I said, I feel like he, did, he had a slightly better run than LeBron, than what LeBron did in Miami. And I, I just feel like that Kevin Durant, his decision may go down as one of the most hated of all time. And I mean, I, th- I you can't go wrong with that being one of the most hated decisions of all time. I mean, honestly, I mean, the thing that we have to take in perspective, and I think you laid it out like very perfectly is the idea that LeBron James, yes, he brought another superstar with him. And yes, the idea was they joined a Wade Wade who had already won a championship. Mind you, that's another thing to keep in mind, similar to KD's decision. They had already, he had already won a championship, obviously, with Shaq. But the big thing is, like you said before, he joined a 4-5 seed team, that seeded team that kind of just 
was looking for that extra push and they might have just pushed way harder than people would have expected with the warriors the thing that everybody kind of like missed in the mix or maybe just didn't get enough like attention almost at least in my personal opinion was they took out they literally used a crane like they do at the carnival games picked up Harrison Barnes took him out dropped him in the Maverick system grabbed KD dropped him in to the Golden State Warriors system and essentially only paid him just barely a couple million more in contract money than they would have had to give to Harrison Barnes. So the, the, the contract they essentially almost were going to give Harrison Barnes with him being up that year, it just went to KD. Now you tell me, I don't know anybody making a 2K My Team that says I'm taking Harrison Barnes over KD. You can if you'd like, but I won't. So with that being the case, you made a 2K My Team and all you did was you played my GM and traded Harrison Barnes and got, got KD. You must have turned sliders off or something. Because, like, it's the only way. It's the only way that it could be an even trade like that. At least that's what I was thinking at the time. So I think something to leave as a food for thought. Um, I think this is a question that rather than us answering it, we're going to leave it to the viewers for it. Is I think out of all three of these guys, Shaq staying with the Magic, LeBron staying with Cleveland, or KD staying with the Thunder, Asking the viewers, who do you guys think would have been more likely to win a championship if they stayed with the team that they were drafted by? All right. Well, this was a great discussion today. We have our question of the day for our fans. Leave your answer in the comments section. This was a great episode today. And on the next episode, we'll be moving on to part eight of our What If series. (laughs) 